Thanks for downloading and listening to a Quick Timeout podcast presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. If you're in the market for a shooting machine, look no further than Dr. Dish Basketball's incredible lineup of shooting machines. Their CT, All-Star Plus, and Rebel Plus models have been bought by thousands of programs around the world, while their home model is being used by players all over the country, right in their own backyards and driveways. New to the lineup this year is the Dr. Dish facility model for those with basketball training businesses. These machines are must-have for those looking to take their shooting to the next level. To find out more, visit drdishbasketball.com. Coach Tobin Anderson is entering his first season as the Fairleigh Dickinson Knights coach. Coach, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tony. Great to be on. Had the privilege of connecting with him and also hearing him at, at this year's Wooten Coaches Clinic up in the D.C. area. And a lot of you probably have heard him talk about full court pressing on both uh, basketball immersion and the Slapping Glass podcast. But after his clinic session, I wanted to have him on to talk some offense and in particular some five out offense. Coach, as I mentioned in the intro, you're, you're coming into a new program, which means this is all new for your current players. How have you gone about introducing and then teaching your new system to the guys it's hard you know motion motion teaching motion offense is hard it, it requires because you know tremendous patience and the guys have to you know understand that it's going to take some time you know you, you you teach sets or you teach uh continuity it becomes it's a little bit easier because you can put it in but it doesn't get a whole lot better sometimes so it's it's um you know a lot of a lot of patience a lot of breakdown stuff a lot of film or you know where we've been going now we started july 5th and with the summertime stuff we're going back um today watching a probably probably 45 minutes of film with our guys just trying to break it down. And so we, we know that it will take some time. The thing about, I, I like about how we play in the motion offense and how I grew up, I grew up playing in it. And that's kind of my, my background is that once we have it in, once we understand it, like next year, guys will just get, will get better and better and better. There's a, there's a, a tremendous uh, um, development of the offense as time goes on. And so I think um, the hard, the hardest parts of the, the initial stuff right now is like trying to get them to understand that you can just, you know, it's, we're not telling you where to go, what to do. We're giving you some ideas and how to get open and how to play, but not telling you where to go, what to do. And that's, there's, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot more gray area. You know, it's not, it's not a black and white thing. There's not a, um, you have to do this, you have to do this. And so it's um, sometimes guys um, take some time to understand that. So we don't, it's going well though. I, I really like uh, what we're doing, how we're, we're getting better at it. And, and um, the good thing for me, I have a, a bunch of coaches who understand uh, two guys who came with me who really understand what we're doing so we can teach and and um it's a lot but it's a lot it's a lot of teaching how do you live with the sloppiness sometimes i don't like <laughs> my my patience is um that's not one of my strong points and so there's there's days that i'm just like oh my god like this is this is not going well but we um we're we're you know we're committed to what we do like that's one thing is like i think as a coach like we we believe in what we do we believe in pressing we believe in run motion offense like we know um how we're going to play and there's no going back. There's no way we're going to change it. We're going to tweak things. We're going to tweak, tweak things here and there and make some adjustments, but we're not going to go and abandon ship and go do something else we're not used to doing. So we're going to do this. We're going to run motion offense. It's going to happen. It may take, um, it may take a while. My hair used to be all dark. It's going a little bit gray on the sides. Now I think that's partly from, from, from starting over again here on in July, but we're, uh, we're going to get there. We're going to definitely going to get there. What did you have as far as a goal for the start of the practices in the fall? What did you want to have in place by the time you got to that point? You know, so we started this summer and our whole thing was we're going to, you know, teach our, our press. 
our, our, our defensive transition, our press. We spent a lot of time in competing. Like the that part of the most, we're going to compete, going to play hard, going to learn how to you know, the work ethic. We had to establish that first. And so we really didn't touch on um, as much motion early on as we probably needed to. But we had to get a, a mindset of competing, playing hard, being tough. Um, and the press takes some time, and, and the press is a big part of that. And so, you know, we're probably behind with our offense a little bit now. So to me, it's, you know, like when we'll talk about this a little bit, is like, you know, just get get a shot, not turn the ball over, play fundamental basketball, play off two feet, catch ball two hands, um, be solid with the basketball, and then get a good shot, like find a way to get, get a good shot and then go pound the offensive boards. So, you know, we know it's not going to be perfect right now. It's not going to be – it won't be, won't be perfect in, in January. But if we can get a little bit better every day, and I, I have definitely seen progress. We have guys, our big guys now are, are doing more things that we like, more, set more flare screens, um, not clogging the paint up all the time, being harder to guard. And that's that's been that's been good for us to see that. One of the things that I've noticed of coaches who teach concept-based systems is that they usually find a way to simplify the quote-unquote what's next within the flow of that offense. And you mentioned the rules that you have. Can you talk about how you've pared those down and then how you communicate yep. and share those with the guys? Yeah, so our four rules on offense are – you know, one is get it, like I just said, get it, get a shot, not turn the ball over, just make sure we get a shot. We want to, we want to, and we're, we're a turnover. We want to force turnovers on defense. And so for us to not turn the ball over is a major part of how we play. So that's one, two is, two is to get it, get a good shot. You know what, you know, what's a, and what's a good shot. That's, that's, um you know, what's a good shot for, for me is, is maybe not a good shot for you. It's like, what's a good shot for, for us. That's, it comes down to what's a, you know, a paint touch three, a paint touch, a, a drive into the foul line, like things like that. So we talk about, What's a good shot? Well, let's just get a good shot. And then um, three is if you can't, if you're not open, cut to get open. And then four, if you can't cut to get open, screen to get a teammate open. But as we've talked to our guys about, a lot of times the guy who sets the screen is the guy who's open. So, you know, it's, it's basically get a shot, get a good shot, cut and screen. You know, that, and that and it, it simple, simplified, like what you just said, making it that's just basically what it is. Like, listen, at the end of the day, there's four minutes to go. Let's do those four things. And if we do those four things well, we will be able to score some points. I believe that. Let me dig into kind of each of those. Usually within these offenses, you're trying to keep a, a pace. Yep. And that's typically achieved by individual guys making timely decisions when they catch the basketball. Yep. NBA, some of them do 0.5 and that kind of thing. When a guy catches the ball for you all, what do you want him thinking and doing? We tell them that the first two counts, 1,000, 1,002 are theirs. So when they catch the ball, it's it's shot ready, and, and if you're open, we're going to shoot the ball. You know, in range and rhythm, the ball's been swung. All the things you know, the paint touch, the the inside out. There's the, we've shared the ball. So if you're if it's um, the first two counts are yours. If you're shot ready, we're going to shoot the ball or drive a close out or, or penetrate off of, off a cut, something like that. So those are the first two. After that, you're looking for the action. You're looking for the post. You're looking for a guy coming off a flare screen. You're looking for maybe a ball screen. You're looking for some action after that. And so we don't want the ball to move. We like the ball to move fast early in the possession, I like to cut on the floor. We actually call it fastball where it's like, let's go side to side as quick as we can. Um, but I don't want the ball to move just for the sake of moving. I want to make sure that we can see what's going on. So the two count rule helps us a lot. It's just like, you know, thousand, one thousand, two, let's, let's look, see, see what's happening, see what, what, what's going on with your teammates. You know, if a guy's come off a flare screen and I just swing the ball too quickly, we're not going to get the guy open because he's making his read coming off that screen. A guy's got to take a time and, and read his screen, read his man. So if I swing it too fast, 
we're not seeing the action. So it's important that we, we, we see the action. So that, that two count, you know, if we set a screen, want to hold a screen for a two count, want to put, want to post up, hold the, you know, you're going to post up for two, for a thousand, one thousand two, then someplace new, just to be a little bit in, in, in sync as far as how we're playing, how we're moving. And uh, now obviously there's times we had an all American center and we'd say two count in the post. And sometimes he'd stay for three or four. And we're like, it's fine. You can stay as long as you want to. And there depends on who you are, you know, and, we want the ball to move fast. Like if I throw, if, it, if the ball swung and there's a guy open for a three, we call it one more, one more, you know, one more shooting. So it's like if that guy's opening, saying one more, well, of course the ball's going to swing quickly then. So it's a matter of the guys have to become um, good basketball players. They have to under, have a high basketball IQ. You can't play motion and not understand how the game's being played. So, you know, it's not always going to be the same. You know, sometimes it's two counts, sometimes the ball gets swung quickly, but we want to make sure we see the action and see what's happening. Well, you mentioned the screening. How do guys know what kind of screen to use within the action? Well, a lot of it's based on where you're at in the court, right? So the guy, so you know, the guy close to the middle of the floor, a lot of times should be the screener. Like if we're, if we're tight, we're going to set back screens. So if we're tight, we're going to set um, some back screens, whether you're a guard or a big guy. For wide, we love setting flares. Um, you know, ball, ball screens are going to be set by. We'll we'll set a bunch of ball screens. A lot of times it's our, it's our big guys, but we'll also go guard to guard and and ghost and and play off that. But, but, um, you know, it's gotta be, gotta give a visual and a verbal the visuals of fist in the air. The verbals are talking about what the screen's going to be, you know, just t- telling the guy, I'm, I'm going to screen for you, Tony's Tay, Tony, flare, flare, flare guy talking early. Um, you know, the old, the old early loud and often you talk about on defense, the same thing on offense. I think actually you should talk more on offense than you do on defense as far as calling out what you're doing, your cuts, your, your reads. And we, and we do set a lot of screens. We're also, we want to cut and cuttings as a big part of what we do. So we actually, the, the the ratio should be about three to one on cuts to screen. So we'll we'll still screen, but we like to cut and move and then screen. And the screens become more effective the more you cut. So you know it's it's but the same thing. It's got to be a feel for it. Like we'll watch today. Like our we want our bigs when they're wide to set flare screens. They should be flaring all the time. Um, our guards. I love our guards when they when they cut through. They should look to to back screen. You know a simple rule is once you're a cutter you should be a screener. And once you're a screener, you should be a cutter. Just the kind of those are rules we talk about. Like, hey, once I come through on a cut, I make I make a basket cut. I should be looking to screen, uh, set up usually a back screen if it's you know if it's happening in in the the flow of the offense. Do the guards know? Are they like hunting in particular certain positions to get like that guard to big switch, or are guys like looking for those types of things, or does it more just come out of like where they're positioned on the floor? Yeah, I think I think. The, the term you use there, hunting screens, is a great term. We, we like to hunt back screens, especially if you're a shooter, if you're a guard who can really shoot the ball, or, or a driver too, because if you you know you, you set a back, you set a good back screen, guy comes off, your man helps, you catch it, guy, you get a closeout, now you can drive the closeout. So we're we're looking, we're looking to to um to set back screens. Like guards are are, are you know setting those things, and even like UCLA screens or flare screens, like those guys are looking for certain actions, obviously, and it depends on who you are. You know, we're not. Our guard setting a, a guard to big flare screen is not necessarily as effective. But if that happens, then we'll tell the guard, "Hey, you should look to slip." If it's a guard to big, let, let's slip that back screen, that flare screen, and get into something else. And so, yeah, they're they're hunting certain action for sure. You know, we know like we make some some inside cuts and things like that. Like we know if we if I hit a certain guy who's a great driver, and it's an inside cut, he's probably going to drive the ball right off that guy's cut. So it's like there's a certain way of playing we talk about all the time, and I think that takes time. Like there's you know, we do two-on-two motion every day. We do we do two-on-two breakdown motion, and there's times it's sloppy. And, you know, 
but I know if we do it and continue to do it every day and it gets, it'll, it'll get better. And by the time we get to, to January, February, we'll be pretty good in our motion. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you can get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats, in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal shooting percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Combined with HD quality, automatically captured film from the Huddle Focus smart camera, every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. You mentioned the two on two. Do you build up to five on five or how do you, how do you, have you found as effective way to, especially introducing this with a new group? Yeah. So we do a lot of like, so we will do a lot of one on O cuts is to go through the cuts, like basket cuts, inside cuts, um, follow cuts, a lot of one on O stuff. Then we'll go two on two cuts and we'll add screens, flare screens, back screen, ball screens. Um, we call them zooms, like dribble handoffs. We'll, we'll do a lot of two on O stuff. Then a lot of three on three. We do a ton of three on three. We'll go three on O before practice and then build that to three on three. Like if I, like we'll start practice and go three on zero, and I'll say, hey, let's get, um, let's get an inside cut and a flare before we shoot. Okay, we'll do that. Or let's get a back screen and let's get a dribble handoff. Or let's get a ball screen. Let's get some shake action. Or let's get, um, let's get a double flare. So just something to to kind of get ourselves going. Then we'll start. Then we'll, at some point in the practice, we'll go and pretty early, we'll go three on three and replicate those actions with with defense. Because the end of the day, like. Everybody looks good three on zero running offense. Mm-hmm. You have to actually go against defense, especially when you're on motion because you're, re- you're reading the defense. The defense tells you what to do. So mm-hmm. the three on three helps us to read the defense. I can kind of break things down more. Like, let's go three on three. Let's start with a flare. Well, I can see that flare. How we're setting it up. How we're reading it. How we're how we're how we're, how we're cutting off that. That helps. That helps a ton. Um, we'll go three on three. Start with the back screen. You know, same same idea. Three on three. Start with an inside cut or start with a zoom, and just to get us thinking about and isolate that actual action. Then we'll go five and then eventually we'll go to five on five and we do a lot of like um, stipulations. So we'll go five on five and I'll say, all right, we can't shoot. We, we can always, we'll always take a layup, but we can't shoot until we set th- uh, three flares or we can't shoot until we get um, four basket cuts. Or we can't shoot until we get a post touch. And that makes them kind of think about what we're trying to do here as far as our offense goes. Yeah, the constraints or the stipulations are great. If you don't put those in, you'll just be an angry coach because they never do, <laughs> do especially once you work on something and then go to five on five. They never yeah. work on that. No. So you, this with so much screening and even as the possession goes longer and longer, I've noticed that there's like this gravitational force to the paint that just kind of starts sucking in. And then sometimes you just have players that they're just like, I don't know what to do now. How do you help guys with that? And do you have any like phrases that you give to them to kind of like cue that? Yeah. So, you know, spacing is so important and spacing makes your offense go. And if, if you're, um, if you have bad space, I don't care how many screens you set, it's going to be a problem. And like, I think setting screens sometimes causes spacing problems. That's why the cutting is so important. So things we talk about with our spacing is like fin- finish all your cuts, finish all cuts. And we, we talk about the NBA three, but finish that thing hard. You should go, you should cut as hard to, to get out as you do to get in. Like if I'm going to, I'm making a basket cut to score. I don't get the ball. I should get out the same speed I got in. Right. 
a lot of times you see guys like they'll make a basket cut and they kind of jog out of there. That kills that kills offense, right? So that's important. Um, if you're not sure what to do, stay wide. There's sometimes like re- 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 replace yourself or just just keep your spacing. If you're if you're if in doubt, you know, the, if in doubt, widen out. It's a great phrase that you say. You know, if in doubt, widen out. Don't don't be unsure and then be in what we call the gray area, which is you know 15 feet, 12 feet, hanging in that area there. Where now, if I'm at 12 feet, my 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 defender's also at 10 or 12 feet, and he's clogging things up. We can't get a a cut, a drive, a post touch, and so spacing out, you know, you know, widening out, keeping that spacing, replacing yourself, um, finishing all your cuts to NBA three. Uh, what else do we talk about? But you're right. As the possession goes along, you just gotta you gotta keep that in mind. And so we'll kind of we'll stop our film. Like we're watching film today. We'll we'll stop at certain points in the possession. Say, you know, how's our space? How's it look right here? Hey, that's a that's that's great space. We got four guys outside the, uh, the three. That's that's good stuff. Now you'll see we're we're bunched together. And a lot of that comes from guys who don't finish their cuts. You know, you got to you got to get, get get in and get out. That's so important. As more and more teams are playing gap defenses, coaches are always asking, what adjustments do you make for pack line or just a team that kind of sags? Yeah, so you got to swing the sag. You know, that's what we always say, swing, you know, swing the sag. If they're going to sag, the ball's got to go side to side, make that make them move more than they want to. You have to go back door, even when they're not being overplayed. Like, you know, say, so, well, I'm not going to be open, but that it gets those guys out of there. Like, we're trying to create double gaps and triple gaps. And so, like, we love the inside cut. Because in, in a lot of times in the in the, in the pack they're forcing middle. So if I hit, if I'm on the top and I hit the wing and I make an inside cut right in front of that guy, or a blur cut they call it in, in dribble dive motion, I make that inside cut. Now the middle's open. There's a double gap there. They're forcing middle. I can drive in there. Now if I can go, if the corresponding wing on the opposite side goes back door off that, so you, let's see an inside cut and a back door cut. Now there's a triple gap there. Now that gap becomes bigger as far as trying to to keep the pack line together. So we try to cut more against the um, the the gap stuff. We try to go back door, even when it's not there against the, and we try to flare, flare, flare the gap stuff a lot, you know, and swing it. The ball's got to get swung, swing it, swing it, swing it. And like, you know, we want to go inside. I think, I think going to the post is, is very effective against that gap stuff. And then, you know, zones are, zones are a different animal. You know, it's, it's, we, we'll try to run a little bit. We're a little bit more of a, more of a, we'll gap the zones. We'll go for, you know, three out, two in, four out, one in, depending on what they're in. Um, you know, all this, all this stuff, the pass fake, shot fake, beat two and kick, um, Play out of the short corner, play out of the high post, cut from behind the zone, things like that that are effective against uh, against zones. But once again, the same rules apply. Get shots, get good shots. You won't screen as much against the zone, but you will penetrate more against the zone. Then pound it on the offensive glass and pound it in transition. Those those things help. But but um, yeah, because it's like if a team's going to play you tight and going to pressure you, you want to set more back screens. You want to set more things, you know, to get them having, you know, back them off a little bit. Set more, set more things up and off the baseline, right? If they're playing more gap, you want to get the ball swinging and moving and more, more cuts and more, more trying to distort what they're trying to do a little bit. And that's, you know, how are you being guard? Who's, who's guarding you? Things like that. About for switching defenses. So switching, switching is, you know, obviously a lot of slips. Um, when they're switching, they're not watching. The ball as much when you're switching. A defensive team is not going to be. They're, they're they're predicated on watching their men more. So we're trying to really swing the ball against the switches. Really make them move. Try to get them distorted. Try to get them in a situation where we're slipping and then drive those things. Like it's kind of like a, it's like a it's like a zone a little bit. The more they get caught switching and 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 moving and following guys, we got bigger gaps to drive. But that can definitely cause problems. And you know we're 
we're looking for mismatches, but we're not necessarily going to, you know, and I, I think one of the biggest overrated things is get, if you get a, a post guy against a guard, I think guards actually play really good post defense. A lot of times you turn the ball over, trying to throw, throw the ball in the post to a guy who's being um, guarded by it. I'm, I'm more on the, if you get a guard on a big guy, let's attack the big guy on the perimeter and go at him and try to cause problems. You know, there's, there's boomerangs, throw back to him. There's, there's ways of playing um, against those guys. But you got to get the moving on against like, a lot of times when they switch, you, you tend to get a little bit stagnant. You just kind of like, ah, we, they're just going to switch it. Well, you got to keep moving and and eventually we'll, things will play out where you'll get the, the matchup you want or the, the movement you want. Yeah, the ball finding the switch rather than you finding yep. the switch, because yep. I think the defense, to your point, like everybody just kind of sits down and everybody on the floor knows where you're trying to get it. And that's where you get digs on the big or something like that. So, yeah. Yep. Um, this is completely unrelated to offense. <laughs> and I, this is probably uh, not the best thing that I got all week, but this is one of the things that we we really enjoyed. Can you share first the 80-80-80 goal that you all have? You you mentioned very briefly in the beginning the rebounding component of it and tying that in with what you guys are doing, both offensively and defensively. So explain that, and then I'll ask you about the, the figurines. Gotcha. So – a few years ago, about seven, six, seven years ago at Stack, we were we were we were pretty good, pretty athletic, and we I don't think we could shoot. We were like a bad shooting team, so we really had a, we had a stress rebounding. So we, how, how are we go we're gonna win? We got to rebound. And so we start. We had this hustle stat, hustle chart we did, you know, based on back tips, charges, but more more based on offense rebounds, attempts on the offensive boards, box out attempts, and then our defensive transition. So we had a thing for each player, but we also had a team thing. So we had three categories. It was it was box outs. So we chart it. We chart every shot. If there's a box out attempt, if we're hitting first and there's a box out, um, if you're a guard that your guy's not going, you have to at least look and check. And if there's no one there, you got to go get to the get to the nail hole area or go help on another big guy. So box out attempts was one. Two was offense rebound attempts. Not just offense rebound, but you know the shots taken. Are you making two moves? Slow move, spin move, um, making two moves, get the offensive boards. So we chart every time a guy is a, who's a crasher. So we have we have crashers and give back guys. If the crasher makes an attempt, he gets a, he's one for one, right? So we chart box outs, offense, rebound attempts, and then our, our guards, who are the get-back guys, have to be, be back in their spots on defensive transitions. So we are, for us, it's the X's, the, the, um, the top of the key, and then the, um, the charge circle under the basket, the hole. We call it the hole. If our, the ball crosses half court and those guards are in those spots, they're one, they, they get a point or they get, they're one for one on that defensive transition. So every time a shot's taken on the offensive end, each guy is graded by their offensive rebound attempt, if they're a crasher, or defensive transition if they're a get-back guy. Then everybody's graded on the defense, the, the uh, box outs. So if we can get 80% as a team, 80, 80, 80% on box outs, 80% on offensive rebound attempts, 80% on um, defensive transition, we are, our record from that time forward until last year was something like like 94 and one when we got 80, 80, 80. Um, and we were, we we won a lot of games, and so but those games we lost when our box out percentage was was seventy two, and our re- offense rebound was low. But we knew if we got to 80, 80, 80 we're gonna have a pretty good chance to win. And that's something we can, you know, besides scoring twenty points, besides hitting a bunch of threes, it was something we could we could say, hey, this is something that's important to us that we know it helps us win games. Our guys can see it clearly, and like they would get mad at each other. So let's say we were, you know, defensive box outs, we were like seventy eight percent. And one guy missed three box outs. Well, his his three box outs went got us to 78 when it could have been like 84. And so there's always a punishment for not getting 80, 80, 80. So even if we won 
and we didn't get it, we'd have like we, we call it a gauntlet, which is a 17 in a minute and then a minute rest and a 17 and then a nine and 39 across nine, nine touches in 30 seconds. And the gauntlets are not fun at all. So there's a way of us kind of like, hey, let's get this 80-80. You know, it helps us win games. And it became a big thing for our for our program, for our team. And we're going to do the same thing here, same kind of way we're charting those those three, three, three categories. And then how does that work on an individual basis? And how do you then motivate the guys to do that? Yeah, so we had a way of like each guy. So we graded out, right? And I'm like, I'm not a math guy by any means at all, but we had a way of grading out. So each guy would have a grade on there. So not just the, those three categories were the, were the team things, but then it was like then individual stuff too. But then it was like, all right, who got, um, who took charges, who got uh, first of the floor, things like that. So if you grade out the highest, um, we give you, we had, we had a, like a belt, like a, like a wrestling. It's actually, it's over here. I'm, I'm going to get it right now. Give me two seconds. It's all, it's all tied up. I can't give it. It's right over, it's right over, it's right in this corner, right? There's a belt. The belt's right there in that corner right there. It's a, so the guy who got the, the highest score got a belt. And the rest of the guy got to wear it for the week, put it in his locker. It was a big thing. And so the guys loved it. We played we play music. We played John Cena music. The guys would all go crazy. And it was a big a big thing for us to get that to get that belt and have to be the champion. The guards would get mad because the guards didn't have enough um, stats to, to, to get to where the big guys were at. But, you know, big guys want to be rewarded, too. So we did that. And then a, one of the cool things we did, we started, we started about super, being a superhero, right? So if you're a superhero, um, so we wanted to rebound, right? So if a big guy, a crasher, got eight rebounds, he got a superhero. I got a couple of them here. Like we got these, uh, it was like a mutant ninja turtle. I'm not sure that's a superhero, but it's, it was a figurine. Here's a here's a Brock Lesnar WWF wrestling guy. So if you got eight rebounds as a crasher and five rebounds as a guard, you got a super, superhero. And like, so we had guys within their lockers would have like 10 or 15 superheroes, Superman, Spider-Man, um, Wonder Woman, all these little figurines in their lockers. And the guys loved get them. They'd they be like, no. And so if a guy had like seven, he'd go back through the stats or the films. And actually I had, I had eight and we'd argue and go back and forth or whatever it was. It was a good way for us saying, Hey, this is a big game for us tonight. It's gonna be a physical game. We need at least four superheroes tonight, you know, and this became a big thing. And, and I think guys like stuff like that, the belt, the 80, 80, 80, the, the, the figurines, like it just kind of a way of reminding them what's important to us. And like, you know, I was told that a long time ago, it's not what you teach, it's what you, what you emphasize. And so we found a way of emphasizing it, but also making it like a, a fun thing where guys enjoyed that. And that became a, a major part of our program. Yeah. Coaches are always asking about motivation, competitive type stuff. And like I said, uh, Burton and I love that. We already bought our Captain America, Black Panther and yep. Batman. So there's a dollar store. We used to go to the dollar store and I go in, I'd walk in there and there's like a whole bucket. I'd, I'd buy like 50 of these things. People probably thought I was crazy. <laughs> this, this, this grown man buying these figurines. For the day, you know, they go a long ways, you know? Yeah, that's great. That's great. <laughs> Last thing I want to ask you. So for a first year job like this, what goals do you have? And let's keep it connected to offensively. What are what are you wanting to see by the time you get to March? You know, I don't I don't think it's hard to put up numbers right now. You know, it's hard to say we've always we were like I think we were, we were always in the stack where I was at before in the in the high average like 85, 87, you know, a lot of but a lot of stuff off our defense and our press too. So um but like I don't know if there's a real number goal. I know for the turnover thing is huge for us because we want to be we give them 10 turnovers a day. We actually have balloons in our practices. And so you, every time we, we turn it over, we, we pop a balloon and say 10. So we like to be around 10 turnovers um, per game. But our, our turnover differential being plus five, there's a, there's a stat years ago about if you were plus five or above in turnover differential, 
most of those teams won 20 some games. Most of them won the conference championships. That's, that's a huge thing is, is getting more shots. And so turnover differential is going to be huge for us. Offense rebounding percentage will be huge for us. Um, because I don't, I don't think we shoot the ball great this year. You know, so it's, it, I think the key for us is, is time goes on is, is the ability to get the kind of shots we want. You know, we got to get the free throw line for us to win games this year. We got to be able to get the ball in the paint to win games. We actually do chart paint touches. That's one thing we do is we chart paint touches. We chart um, for that for um, every offensive possession. But I think as time goes on, I think we'll score a lot of points. I just don't know right now. It depends on how. And, and like sometimes averages are, are crazy. Like we might not average a bunch to start the year, but when we get a conference season. I think we'll be a really good. We don't start conference play till December twenty eighth. By the time we get to like January, the start of January. I think we should be a really good offensive team. I think our numbers will go up accordingly, you know? So I'm not sure there's a number thing I can put on it right now, but I know that all, when I see us play, if I can see us pass the ball, moving the ball, um, playing good basketball, getting good shots, the things we talked about at the start, then I think we'll be a pretty good team. That's coach Tobin Anderson of the FDU Knights. Appreciate you taking time for us, coach. It was as great as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. It was great, great to be on. Awesome always to talk basketball. Anytime you want me on here, I'd love to be on. Thanks.